Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection Podcast. On today's episode, I have Dr. Nell Ostermeyer of People and Pet Integrative Therapies. Stay tuned to hear how Dr. Nell is teaching pet parents about choosing the right food and supplements, along with acupuncture techniques to enhance their pet's well-being. Just a reminder, we are less than a week away from the start of our Dog Moms Day celebration. If you haven't yet, join our Facebook group and go to the event page for more information. I can't wait to see photos of your adorable pups and hear stories about your lives together. A link to the Facebook group and event page will be in the episode notes. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection Podcast. If you are a Portland pet parent, then you have come to the right place. This podcast connects you to Portland-based pet businesses, services, and nonprofits. You get to hear their story and what they're doing in the Portland pet community. If you love this podcast and want to connect to other pet parents in the Portland area, head on over to our Facebook group and join in on the fun. And now, your host, dog photographer, donut connoisseur, whiskey lover, and Sherlock fan, Kim Hoschel. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection Podcast. On today's episode, I have Dr. Nell Ostermeyer of People and Pet Integrative Services. Welcome, Dr. Nell. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I would love to hear about your new adventure, People and Pet. All right. Well, I think I think that's my main reason for being here too, is to share more information about my new in- adventure with pet owners. I have been a veterinarian for over 16 years at this point, and I've been practicing hands-on and owned my own brick-and-mortar veterinary hospital here in the Portland area. I actually went to a lot of trouble to become educated in traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, herbal therapies and and food and nutrition for pets. And I brought that to my brick and mortar practice. What I'm doing now and what the new adventure entails is that I'm offering these specialty services or consults through a virtual platform, through People and Pet Integrative. So I am now consulting with pet owners who can be in the comfort of their own home with their pets who are also able to be in the comfort of their own home about adding in um, natural options, uh, herbs, food, nutrition, supplements, and even one-on-one acupressure advice. So how you can massage your pet at home so that we can enhance their healthcare plans. And I would say that my sweet spot is really in working with senior pets and pets with chronic disease, because they're usually those with the highest need. Um, and oftentimes they're hitting frustrating uh, points in their life, frustrating for both them, the pet, and for their caretakers, the pet owners. And so what I've gotten really good at over the years are um, is helping pet owners get through these challenges using holistic means combined with the Western medicine. It's just that now through my virtual platform, I can pretty much consult with anybody anywhere, and I'm really focusing on my expertise so that I can bring that to your pet. So my expertise being the the natural or holistic part that we're going to integrate into the plan. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah. um, so now what made you decide to branch off into like more of an education and one-on-one consultation versus just the pet service, the, like the vet traditional veterinary services? Well, I first started by helping to educate other veterinarians. After I became certified and I grew my knowledge base and my skills, I first started educating veterinarians and I formed this business three years ago. But when COVID hit last year, I had already had this little dream in place of helping pet owners in this way through the virtual space. And when COVID hit and pet owners couldn't get in to see their veterinarians, even though we are a central business and we were always there, the availability was much more limited. And so I just felt for these pet parents, you know, and I wanted to become more available for them at that current time. So I quickly, um, quickly got a pet owner facing piece to my website and I started doing these virtual consults so that the pet parents could be more comfortable. I could put them at ease. We could get done what we were able to get done through the virtual space. And then of course, if they needed to see a hands-on veterinarian, we made sure that that would happen um, for that pet. Um, So it, it kind of started with COVID, but it was really already in place. COVID just magnified the need for um, pet owners being able to reach out to veterinarians, especially especially those with um, knowledge and skills in the natural medicine realm, um, without having to actually find a veterinarian geographically who was open and available. I had had this dream growing for quite some time because I would hear a lot from you know, pet parents that would find me and would come to my freestanding practice or my brick and mortar practice, they would say, you know, there just needs to be more of you out there. Um, Or I would also hear a lot, um, you know, we didn't even know that acupuncture was a thing for pets or wow, we can actually feed like whole foods, people food to our pets. And so I just kind of started journaling and cataloging all of these reactions and questions I was getting from pet owners. And I realized that Um, much of what I could share with them, I could share with them in this, in their own home. And then they could actually be empowered to help their pets at home. Um, Of course, I am a huge supporter of Western veterinary medicine and I always will be. But what I've found throughout my journey is that by integrating these natural options, integrating the herbs, the food, the acupressure massage at home, The results that we can get, especially with senior pets or pets that are dealing with a chronic problem, the results are just so much more impactful for that pet. And then, of course, that means a high impact for the pet owner or the pet parent, because now everybody in the bond is is happier and healthier. So um, so that's really, you know, there were more than one. There was more than one factor leading to my decision to start working with pet owners in the virtual space, but between COVID and just the the lack of availability of holistic veterinarians out there, um, it just kind of all came together this year. So now can people uh, reach out to you directly and get those services or do they need to go through the brick and mortar vet clinic to get to you? 
they can reach out to me directly. The very best way to reach out to me is to visit my website, peopleandpet.com. And there's a nice big easy button, I call it. And it, it says for pet owners. And there are two things you can do after you click on that button. You can either download my guide for the five best things to do your, for your senior pet at home, or you can actually request a virtual consult with me, which has a space for you to ask a question um, if that's something that, that makes you feel more comfortable. Um, so that's how you reach me directly. And you don't need a referral from your veterinarian. However, once I get you all set up in my schedule and I get your medical records set up in my system, there is a place to upload your veterinary records as well. And I do require that my patients are current on a uh, Western exam. So on a conventional exam with a veterinarian, um, a lot can be done through the computer screen. I can see a lot. I can observe but I don't have my hands on your pet. And so the safest thing for me and the safest thing for your pet is to make sure they're at least current on their, their annual exam. So once we, you know, once I have your, um, once you're securely on my schedule and in my system and I've received those records, then really we, we just go from there and we have our visit and I create uh, what I like to call the get on track plan for your pet. So um, pet owners can usually expect to work with me for about three months um, in a regular basis. So in a kind of an, in, I like to think of it as like a more of an intensive period of time in that three months where we're getting their pet on track. And then hopefully we hit a stride, so to speak, where we don't need to meet as frequently and your pet is doing better. We've achieved many of your goals or what I like to call wins. Because when you're working with senior pets or pets with chronic problems, we many times are working with a patient who is not going to go back to the way they were before. And what can happen if we're always dwelling on that as it, there's a sense of negativity around that appointment, um, which, which really can be draining for the pet owner and, and actually draining for their pet as well, because we're constantly trying to achieve something that's no longer attainable. Right. So when I, when I work with my pet owners and their pets, we talk a lot about the little wins. You know, it's not that your 12-year-old beagle is going to go back to the way he was when he was two, but what have we achieved in the time that we've been working together as far as comfort or maybe mobility, or maybe um, emotional stability. So um, just always looking at those little wins. Oftentimes it, it can be very subtle, especially when I'm working with what I call the super seniors. And uh, super seniors are pets that have really exceeded their, their life expectancy uh, expectations. <laughs> that was kind of redundant, but really that's what it is. They've exceeded all expectations around how long they've been able to be with us on this earth. Mm -hmm. And what I find is it's very hard for their human counterparts to um, modify their expectations sometimes. And that comes from a place of love. It comes from wanting your pet to be able to do all of the same things that they could do before when they were younger. But this, these pets, oftentimes these super senior pets are just as happy with their modified lifestyle 
as they were when they were younger. It's just a different way for them to spend time with you, a different way for them to enjoy their day. And what my job is, is to work with you to recognize like what is normal aging process versus what's an actual problem that we need to address and whether or not that's escalating and how you can have a, um, both a, um, what I want to say, practical, but also positive, optimistic outlook on how your senior pet or your pet with a chronic problem is going to spend, spend their days. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's a lot of what we do is, is work together to create the best life for that pet, the best version of life for that pet. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, you are dealing with the human psyche of trying to get the, the people to accept that this is where your pet is now versus when they were a puppy or when they did all those things. It's like, yeah, like you said, it's the, the pet's happy, but we put all these things on and expectations on them, you know, because exactly. you don't want to think about it. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's very hard because their aging process is so much faster than ours. Mm-hmm. And so, um, oftentimes, you know, I, I use the term pet parent a lot and that's because really that's how many, many people feel about their pets. Like this is almost, it's like a child. It's a family member that they're raising. Um, and when that family member has been with you eight, 10, 12 years, it's hard to wrap your mind around the fact that the fact that they're actually a senior being, yep. right. <laughs> yep. And so, um, Yes, I do work a lot with that like psychological, emotional piece um, with pet owners because I really want the human-animal bond to be strong and healthy for everybody involved. And um, it's okay to be sad. Of course, it's okay to be sad. Of course, it's okay to get a little sentimental about what your pet used to be able to do and what they and what they're only able to do now. But we also have to be practical and um, we have to honor the pet's limitations at this time in their life and also honor what they like to do. Oftentimes, the senior pet years are like the best time to spoil your pet, you know, (laughs) and to kind of put aside um, the expectations we had earlier in life. One of my favorite examples would be, I, I had the pleasure of working with a very high level performance dog, you know, a dog who was highly decorated in the area of agility. And I finally really connected with this um, pet's owner around expectations when, when we talked about retirement. And I, you know, the, the pet owner, the pet parent understood that the pet was retired from competition, but they weren't quite making the mental, the mental step towards this pet is actually just like flat out retired. Right. <laughs> he just wants to play. Yeah. And it, it, it was really sweet because this, this dog, he, he actually had gotten more playful. He was more flexible around his schedule and he was a little bit goofy and his owner was worried about that. He was oh, really funny. worried about that because this is an agility dog. They're focused. They're working. Like yeah. this isn't how he spent the first like 12, 13 years of his life. Right. And so, you know, we finally just had to get to that understanding that like, no, like, he's really retired 
and he is able to enjoy it like a human would. Like imagine him on a beach yeah. in, you know, Florida or Mexico or whatever. Exactly. And that's what he's doing now. <laughs> he's and, um, yeah. And so then we were able to, to let go of those expectations around his performance, his physical performance, if you will. And it became more about just making sure he was comfortable and that he was enjoying his days, enjoying his days, and that we were able to keep his appetite healthy and his weight on and, you know, his skin and his hair and his eyes bright. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was really one of my favorite super senior. And he did reach super senior status. I mean, he was an amazing dog and I was just so fortunate to work with him. Um, and I, a lot of what I share with my pet parents or clients are things that I have learned on a professional level, but it's also what I've learned on a personal level because I've raised, um, I've raised two dogs all the way through their lifespan. Um, one of them being a 110 pound St. Bernard mix that made it till 14. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he fortunately caught me Um, I was practicing acupuncture and holistic medicine along with the Western for about three years, the last three years of his lifetime. And um, I was, so we were, we were um, caring for him as well as a black lab who was about two years behind him. She actually got cancer. So early on in my integrative career, I found myself caring for two dogs who were in the categories of the patients that I would work with, you know, in the hospital. And I just learned a lot about um, the recommendations I was making for my pet owners, what it was like when um, I wasn't able to um, administer a certain medication, or let's just say I felt like maybe I failed you know, on a certain day because I, I didn't remember to give the medications or I didn't get the, the massage in or, you know, whatever the caretaking piece might've been for the day. It's very easy as a senior pet owner, when you have a, a long list of um, options or to-do items mm-hmm. for your pet and you drop the ball. Yeah. But that's just part of life. And um, so I've experienced that firsthand and that's something I've brought into my practice it's, it, I also, we also, um, had a senior cat with kidney disease. So I've learned firsthand what it's like when a, pay, a pet's going through that and they lose their appetite or they have days when they eat and days when they don't, um, you know, where that is just so frustrating and you really take that on as the, as the provider. Yep. So all of this I've learned in my own home, you know, with my own pets. And it's like the human civilian piece, if you will, of what I do. And I think that is one of the main reasons why the plans that I create for people and their pets, um, hence the name People and Pet Integrative, why they're so effective. Because uh, I'm not stuck in a box as far as what your pet needs. Um we will try things and those things may not work out and we may have to shift gears, but we'll always be looking for the best plan, the most workable plan for you and your pet. And, um, you know, perfect is not actually a thing um, right. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're, when you're working with a dynamic living being. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, so it's, 
it's been quite a, a learning experience, both on the personal and professional side. And I just, I just know how it feels to be in the shoes of those that I consult with or that I coach. And I think that that helps me to be more effective at directing them and, and directing probably isn't the right, even the right word. I would say collaborating with the humans to provide the best care for their pets. Yeah. I mean, cause that's got to be key. The fact that you understand what it's like to be dealing with these conditions and you know what it is like, to, you know, cause I've got our first dog had um, kidney disease and the, our current dog has liver disease. So it's like, you know, to have to understand all you have to do and the things, the worries that get in your head and the things you're telling yourself. And it's like, you've done that as a pet parent. So it's like when people come to you and they're, they're being pet parents and freaking out, it's like, okay, I get you. (laughs) And you can kind of talk them off the ledge. (laughs) Yes, I get you. And I've got your back. Like, and you're not failing. And we have, there are other things that we can try, you know, Um, so it's, uh, yes, it's, it's, um, it's something that is really important. I think is it's an empathy piece that really can only be present if you have gone through it. And that's not to say that there are not wonderful veterinarians out there that haven't raised their own senior large breed dog or kidney (laughs) cat or cancer dog, you know, um, they're very effective, but there's just a practical piece, um, And an emotional piece when you have gone through it yourself. And I'm not afraid to say, I'm not afraid to share my story. I'm not afraid to say like, hey, you know, I went through this with my cat or I went through this with my dog or my rabbit or my tortoise or my bird. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, being a veterinarian, (laughs) we don't just have like one type of pet. Right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's, 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 it's the piece that makes me really human while also bringing my expertise to the table and knowing when I do need to communicate directly um, and honestly with a client, if we're not reaching the goals and why that's not happening, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, or if their pet is beyond being able to reach certain goals. Um, Another really difficult part of my job is just coaching, coaching folks on, on end of life and, and decision-making around that. Um, and I've been through it myself also, as most veterinarians have. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to share about that either. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, and in fact, I, I prefer to have conversation around what end of life might be like before it's on the table, right? Because I feel like it really prepares pet owners and, um, Having been there myself, I also know how easy it can be to get lost in your own headspace um, and to ride that roller coaster of good day, bad day, good day, bad day, um, and feel a little bit helpless as to making a decision around what's best for your pet or what's most compassionate for your pet. So um, having a, a veterinarian available that you can you can actually meet with virtually instead of loading up your 110 pound senior dog, (laughs) you know, to determine where you're at in that process, I feel like is, is invaluable. And I'm sure that I, I reached out to colleagues when I was going through this, um, you know, with my own pets. So it's a, 
it's, it's like we said, it's okay to be sad, but we also just need to be practical. And we we're always focused on what's best for, for the pet's uh, comfort and care. Yeah. I mean, that's great because you're able to keep track of them so much easier than sometimes, you know, when they're having a bad day, it is, it is difficult. Cause you're like, is, should I, should I do it? I, no, then tomorrow they're great. And to be able to, for you to be able to talk to them sooner rather than later, they're or waiting for a vet appointment to, to do that, to just say, okay, <laughs> let's talk about it and really see what's best for the pet. Cause that, I mean, that's what we all want to do in the end anyway, once we get out of, out of our own emotional way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. And it's, and there's no way to push your emotions aside, so to speak. But if you have someone, a professional guiding you and kind of holding, holding your thoughts and holding your pet's experience and their timeline um, and sharing an outside perspective, it's a lot easier to think more, to think clearly about what's going to be best for that pet and, and when. And, um, and oftentimes it leads to more of a celebration of life at the end instead of like an emergency situation. And, and of course, preventing suffering, preventing emergency situations. Um, and I, I should say, I am not available for emergency consults, so I don't want to give the, the wrong impression. Right, exactly. It's not an emergency. Um, you definitely don't want to reach out to me via my website. You want to get to, <laughs> to one of the local yes. emergency hospitals. Quick. But um I am here to help you try to prevent that emergency, to prepare and to plan. And for all of the good stuff, all of the joyful moments leading up to that, that are still attainable. You know, there's, there's a lot of joy to be had with senior pets and super seniors and, and uh, pets that have chronic problems. Um, it's just, we have to see past sort of our frustration or sadness around um around that one thing that's going on. So, yeah. yeah. I love that preventing, you know, preventing that emergency situation because then then it really turns into even more emotion because you feel like you didn't get to do the bucket list or you didn't get to have that one last walk or, you know, you go, then you yeah, go through you didn't all of get those to emotions. One last burger. Yeah. You know, you, you can't, by the time I'm usually when we're at that place with my patients and clients, usually we have gotten to do all of those things uh, that spoil the pet. And, um, and if they forget that, I remind them because that's the other thing. <laughs> no, you really, you did really do that. You, yeah. You've been cooking for your pet. You've been massaging your pet. You know, you've been working on an exercise plan. You've been making sure that they're doing their favorite thing. That's one of the things I, I always ask in my consults is what's your pet's favorite thing right now? Mm -hmm. um, because oftentimes people want to talk about what the favorite thing was. Well, what it was and what it is aren't, aren't often the same thing. So we need to talk about what's the favorite thing right now. How can we work that into their day and make sure it's count honorable for them? Um, how can we make sure you have really engaged one-on-one -on -one time so you're making the most of it? Um, and I've talked a lot about senior pets because, like I said, that just happens to be where my expertise is highly, highly needed. But I also really enjoy working with pet owners who want to try to, you know, prevent the aging process from setting in. Um, at least prevent probably isn't the right word. We want to try to slow down or to delay the aging process. And Oftentimes, I'm fortunate enough to work with a human who has 
brought me their senior or super senior pet. We've made it through their lifespan. They've gone over the rainbow bridge. And then they want to work with me with their younger pets. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, we don't usually need to meet as frequently, but we can get on track with your younger pet as well by making sure that they're getting really healthy food, that they're getting any supplements that might help their their, uh, exterior or interior uh, systems. And um, really massage at any age is great for the muscles and the ligaments and uh, According to traditional Chinese medicine, one of the main ways that arthritis develops is through tension of the muscles and the connective tissues and cutting off of circulation to the joints, which actually agrees pretty much with the Western science perspective as well. So with massage, what we're doing is we're, you know, we're promoting circulation. We're making sure that things don't get creaky and stagnant. And, you know, young pets are very active. And just like a young person, if you go out for a run, four or five, six mile run, or you go and climb uh, one of our local mountains here in the Pacific Northwest, you're going to have some tightness Mm -hmm. and you don't want that to sit around and turn into a chronic problem. So um, while I have a, a very special place for senior pets, and that's the majority of the patients that I work with, I am more than happy to help pet parents get onto plans that will allow their, their, their dog, their cat, their rabbit um, to be as healthy and happy for as long as possible. Yeah, that's great. Cause it is true that, you know, once you've had a pet go through the process of like having a nutritionist or, you know, doing different modalities, it's like you appreciate the value of it and that's what we did with our second dog. It was like, oh, we've already had the nutritionist and making the food and the supplements is like, Yes. So let's start this sooner rather than later. Exactly. (laughs) The second time around. And I often get, um, I often get clients that will beat themselves up a little bit about that. Like, oh my gosh, I should have known this. Like, why didn't I know this? Sometimes they'll say, why, why didn't I know this for my last pet? And they'll, they'll start telling me about, you know, blaming themselves for, for how their last pet's life went. And and I just say, you know what, this is a learning experience. And the best thing you can do to honor these pets that you're talking to me about these, these beautiful animals is to learn and to bring it forward for the next patient or the next pet, um, the next animal, because that's, that's the best way that you can honor their legacy in a way. And it's never too late to start integrative. I work with, I work with dogs that will come and see me for the first time when they're 14 years old, you know, or rabbits when they're 10. I just had somebody email me about their, I think they're 12 or 13 year old rabbit, you know, so it is never too late. Um, We can always make we can almost always make an improvement on the quality of life. And, and I just say almost because I want to be safe here and, and say that if, if I ever met with a, a person and I didn't feel like I could improve their pet's quality of life through holistic means or through adding um, integrative options to their plan, I would be very honest, you know, um, because like I said, primarily I want to prevent suffering and I, I want to make sure that this pet has a, has a um, peaceful end of life. But it's very, very seldom. In fact, I can't even think of a situation where a pet has come to me for the first time and we haven't been able to make significant, um, significant wins, you know, 
um, right, you know, right within the first couple months of consulting and getting them on track. And then it just depends what their capacity for healing is as far as how long we get to keep them around. And it's not so much about keeping them around as it is um, making sure the time that we do keep them around is, is happy and joyful. Um, and, you know, the one-on-one virtual visits are just a very, very detailed, highly specific way for me to create these plans. I'm also, I also want to make sure that I am accessible um, to as many pets out there as possible for integrative care. So in my future, um, coming down the pipes, if you will, I do plan to host live workshops on different topics for pet owners. Um, There will be some species, even breed specific uh, workshops. And we'll talk about the common problems in that species or that breed, um, especially during the aging process. Um, I'll probably host some, uh, I'm planning to be hosting some Q&As as a way to give back, um, you know, just ho- just logging on so that, that uh, people out there can have access to an integrative vet and ask some questions and, and, and really just get a taste of that before deciding if uh, these highly detailed consults are for them um, or if they want to sign up for one of my um, live workshops. And I'm creating DIY options for people who just need that on-demand availability. So for example, I already have available through my website a um, an acupressure massage course at home. It's it's really, really good um, content that's a combination of videos and downloadables and slideshows. And it is the the course is performed, most of the videos are performed on a very on a large dog. That's so you can see what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what my hands are doing, where they're at. Um but there's a feature video for, for cats and a feature video for rabbits. And I love the, the on-demand course option for people who are really self-motivated. Um, the acupressure course is meant to be completed over like two or three weekends, you know, divided up in chunks. There are five different medical massage techniques to learn. Plus I go over anatomy with you. Um, so that you know a little bit more about what it's like to be a quadruped right? <laughs> um, rather than a biped like us, like us humans. And then I have a little tiny course available as well, which is to help pet parents get started with whole food toppings at home. Um, that one's geared really more at dogs and cats because, you know, my rabbit friends out there aren't meat eaters. <laughs> yeah. But I plan to have a uh, a tiny course of salad making for rabbits as well. So <laughs> I, I have so many ideas and I'm, I'm trying to be really strategic and working with a timeline and getting things up as fast as I can while retaining quality. So, yeah, right now I'm available for virtual consults. And the DIY options are up through my website for massage and um, whole food toppings at home. So basically learning how you can safely feed a side dish or a topping of home cooked foods for virtually any dog or cat. Um, And then I'll be making announcements through my mainly probably through my email list about my live workshops and um, pop up acupuncture events because 
I don't want to give up my hands-on practice completely. I just want to be able to work from anywhere and be as available to as many pet parents as I can. And staying in one brick and mortar location doesn't lend itself to that mission. Right. Um, but I will be hosting pop-ups with local businesses to support them as well, because, uh, I'm a business owner and I've been a brick and mortar business owner here in the Portland area. And I have a lot of connections out there that I want to support that I feel like I'm going to be able to support better now that I'm not, um, you know, 150% into my own brick and mortar location. Right. So the best way to stay informed on that is to visit my website and, um, get on the email list. You can, um, you can access a free guide that I wrote on the five best ways to keep your senior pet happy and healthy at home. And that will automatically put you on my email list. If you, as a pet owner, reach out to me for a virtual consult, that also gets you on the email list. So um, I, I love social media, but I find that I can be more specific and serve people's needs and interests better through, through emails. Right. Um, and maybe that's just because it's really a personal format. But I do love social media. Yeah, I do love featuring my patients and um, their happy faces <laughs> and exciting news and all that good stuff um, on Instagram and Facebook. Oh yeah, and that's a place for stuff like that. But yeah, you know, yeah, emails are definitely more personal, a little more. It's direct. just a, yeah, you can connect and you can share more information. It's not a quick soundbite, right? Um, I I mean I do provide quite a bit of detailed, like, um, for example, tips for pet owners um, at home, as well as uh, veterinarians in the realm of integrative medicine through my social media. So there is quite a bit of detailed content. I'm not sure how many folks get all the way down to my detailed content because a lot of times I know I'm looking at pictures, so they probably are too. (laughs) You know, like, like, love that picture. Um, but I get a good amount of engagement. So I do know that that both veterinarians and pet owners are there. They are interacting. And um, another update to my business will be that eventually I'm going to go to di- different directions on social media because what I realize is I can serve veterinarians and I can serve pet owners better if I um, divide out my social media and actually provide information specific to each of those audiences. So, um, coming up in the future will be my, um, social media pages that will be Dr. Nell, the senior pet vet. And that is going to be my main platform for interacting in those fun, quick ways. Um, also sharing relevant information with pet owners And then I'll have a separate page for the veterinarians that I'm teaching. Because I've been teaching vets since 2013. Um, Yeah, I've been teaching other vets how to use acupuncture. And I've um, found that teaching was probably one of the most effective ways in growing my skill set and my knowledge. And that's another way that I give back. I teach for the Integrative Veterinary Acupuncture Society, which is the only nonprofit organization to certify veterinarians in acupuncture. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And like we were talking, you know, how, how people are finding, you know, the, the Eastern medicine and the different modalities, like, you know, and supplements and feeding and stuff like that. I feel like it's, it's out there more than it used to be. 
And thanks to people like you who are spreading it to more veterinarians, because I feel like when we first had our, our first dog, you know, it took a long time and it was by accident that we found a pet nutritionist because we didn't know that that existed, you know, cause that was yes. 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and you would be surprised how many, how many pet parents out there still don't realize what's available for them. And that, I mean, that is, I mean, that is one of the main reasons I'm here. It's one of the main reasons I'm doing what I'm doing, why I, why I am adamant about dividing my time between veterinarians and pet owners. I can't just choose one. Right. Um, I actually reached out for some consulting myself, you know, because when you're starting a new business, you're not an expert in that new business yet. You know, I have my expertise. I know what I'm doing with the patients. I know how to communicate with clients. I um, have a lot of experience and knowledge in veterinary medicine and integrative or holistic veterinary medicine, but I'm not an expert at starting a virtual business. Right. And one of the, one of the hardest moments I had during consulting was that, uh, my coach wanted me to pick, you know, either veterinarians or pet owners, because if you choose one audience, you can really move forward more quickly. And I just, I, I can't, I could not do it. I could not do it. And so um, we're basically, I was told as long as you understand that it's going to be double the work <laughs> and double the time. And, um, you know, probably it's going to take longer to get your word out there for both of your audiences because you'll be trying to grow two things at once, then, Hey, let's go for it. And so that's what I decided to do. Um, I just don't feel like I'll be at my best if I'm not sharing with both of those groups. So, so that's my plan moving forward. And I've just been so thankful that you, that you offered to have me here on the show so I could take this step in sharing with our local, uh, PDX community, you know, what I am doing and, um, it is a lot, there is a lot more awareness and acceptance around, um, more holistic or Eastern models of medicine now. In fact, many, many of our best human care facilities and hospitals are including integrative departments, you know, such as the Cleveland Clinic and the Mayo Clinic and a number of others. Most of the veterinary universities now have an integrative medicine department. And this is all because starting in the 70s, really, there were a group of vets that started the Integrative Veterinary Acupuncture Society, and it, it grew from there. Um, and they had it the toughest. I mean, they were the mavericks. They were the groundbreakers. And I am so thankful that I'm in this era where um, I'm more building on a foundation than creating the foundation or right. breaking the ground. But even 10 years ago, even 10 years ago, when which would have been right around when I first brought acupuncture into my brick and mortar practice, it was still, even in Portland, it was still quite unusual, I will say, or maybe just really, really niche. Mm -hmm. um, and now there are quite a few hospitals offering it and more and more veterinarians are becoming certified so that we can bring this to pets. Um, but not enough. I hear every day, there's not enough of you. I hear that every day. And, and, I, and I feel so fortunate that my clients feel that way. And, and then I say, well, and, and that's why, you know, my availability is what it is and why I'm making the change that I'm making, because trust me, it was not easy to leave 
um, hands-on practice where I had built a clientele and was really happy with my clients and patients. But I just have this need like that my purpose is to bring integrative medicine and these amazing natural and um, Eastern options to more pets around the world and to more veterinarians who can share it. Yeah, that's just it is the, is the fact that you're educating vets, you will reach more patients in the long run because you're spreading the word. So yeah, definitely. Okay. So I have to ask you, what is your favorite tip for pet parents? What is my very favorite tip? Well, we kind of touched on this already, but I would say my favorite tip is think about what your pet's favorite thing to do is in this era of their life, whether they're puppy, whether they're adolescent, whether they're adult or whether they're senior or super senior, find out what that is, pay attention to it and make sure to incorporate that into every day. Of course, don't beat yourself up if you miss a day or two, but, but incorporate that into their day and your day, because it really is one of the most effective ways to grow and maintain the human animal bond. Um, It also, from a behavior and emotion standpoint for your pet, being able to count on -on one-on-one time with you on a daily basis. And I don't just mean one-on-one time, like you're out for a walk, they're out for a walk, but you're kind of mentally in a different place. Mm -hmm. This is one-on-one time that's completely focused on their favorite thing. And the great thing about that is it can be like five minutes. It can be five minutes, 10 minutes. It can be 50 minutes to an hour if you want. Um, But it's, it's different than the walks. It's different than brushing them or grooming them or making sure you're feeding them. It's this special one-on-one time that contributes to the bond and to both of your emotional, uh, both of your emotional well-beings. Yeah, for sure. So do you currently have any animals in your house? Yes, I do. Currently, I have a 16-year-old Pomeranian Chihuahua. Oh, cute. Um, so his name is Vinny, and he shows up. He does quite a few guest appearances on social media. <laughs> he doesn't, he prefers not to have his own page. So he ah. just inserts himself into my page. Um, and uh, so I have Vinny. And then I have an African gray parrot who I actually forget is around 15 years old because they age much more slowly than dogs and cats. So he's kind of like having a teenager in the house. And then I have about a 15 year old desert tortoise that managed to acclimate to Portland, Oregon. Um, I wasn't sure it was possible, but I honestly, with enough TLC and, uh, um, providing him what he needs. He does really, really well here. So, so those how, are my three right now. So how did the desert tortoise end up in Portland? I, pr- I started out practicing in Southern California. Oh, okay. So my first three <laughs> years of veterinary practice were in Southern California. I grew up on a farm in central Illinois and I started trying to save animals when I was probably about five And that would have been like kittens around the farm or baby rabbits or any wildlife that came across our yard. Um, So that all started at about five. And then I had this goal, this dream to go to the University of Illinois and become a veterinarian, you know, pretty much starting at that age. And that's what I did. And I happened to meet my husband, my current, you know, my husband now. Um, I met him in veterinary school and he was from Southern California. 
So after living a rural life and in Illinois, my, my pretty much my entire, uh, whatever, 26 years, that's how old I was when I got out of veterinary school, I picked up and moved out to Orange County, California and practiced there for three years. It was a much, much different experience, which I really enjoyed. It was way more fast paced and I got to be a very busy vet with an awesome mentor and work with many, many species, which leads me to the fact that there were there was this desert tortoise crossing the five freeway down in Orange County, which is much, much busier even than our five freeway here in yeah. Portland. And he was brought into our hospital and I took him in and uh, made sure that he got rehydrated and was going to care for him for a little while. <laughs> and then it just, he just stuck, you know, like tortoises will, they're kind of they're really determined species, which is why I think they have um, been able to, to stick with us on this earth since prehistoric times. They're very determined, very slow and steady wins the race. And he stuck with us. So here he is in uh, Portland, Oregon, and he's <laughs> loving the weather at this time of year when we're hitting 80 degrees. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. That's awesome. So before we go, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? You know, really, I just want to make sure that um, the listeners know that I am accessible through my website. It's the best way to reach me, peopleandpet.com. I am wholeheartedly focused on providing education for pet owners at um, multiple price points and multiple time investment. Um pieces. So anything from, like I said, the quick Q&A to the DIY courses to very specific, um, detailed one-on-one consulting to give your pet the best life. I am here for you and you can reach out. Awesome. And I will share all your website and social media in the notes so that everybody can find you and uh, either take a course or get an appointment for their pet and give their pet the best life possible. Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. This has been a super fun interview and um, I've enjoyed it immensely. Oh, well, thank you for coming on. And uh, I will keep everybody posted in the, in the social media. Dr. Nell has agreed to join our Facebook group. So she will be sharing her newest social media channels when she separates the vets and the pet owners' um, social media platforms. Well, thank you. I appreciate that too. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Nell, and uh, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye. seeing cute photos of pets and connecting with other pet parents and businesses in Portland, let's continue the conversation in our Facebook group. I would love to hear about your pets, answer your questions, and get suggestions for what you want to hear on the podcast. I'll see you in the PDX Pet Connection Facebook group.